Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Let's look at the salaries for Coda or Circuit of the Americas and then possibly do some picks. Who knows what we'll get into, but before we dive into the spreadsheet, look at the salaries and try to remind myself of all these road courses. There's so many road courses, so please excuse me if I make a mistake during the podcast. I still have several days to go back over all of these races. It's hard to keep them all straight, but we will do our best and try to do some picks. Look at the salaries. Maybe somebody's too expensive. Maybe somebody's too cheap. Who do we like early in the week? Before we get into that here at the spreadsheet, maybe you want to get access to the Fantasy NASCAR spreadsheet or the Fantasy F1 spreadsheet or all the different content and notes and information that I create and aggregate and do the work for you. It cleans the bubbles for you and that Brandon Cruz does. Then you go to racefortheprize.com. You click on that red button that says Brandon Cruz DFS. That takes you to the Patreon that he has created, patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, and you can support the hard work that I am doing. You can support and appreciate, show your appreciation for Brandon Cruz. And in doing so, we share everything. We aggregate everything. Look, you want to build your own spreadsheet? Fun. Fine. Have Do all that. You want to scrape a bunch of data? Go ahead. Spend all of your life doing that. Or you can simply pay me to do it for you so that you can play and have fun. Like I've said before on the podcast, anybody can make a cheeseburger. Anybody can go grocery shopping. Anybody can cook the cheeseburger. Anybody can clean the dishes. But hey, maybe you don't want to go to the grocery. Maybe you don't want to cook the dinner. Maybe you don't want to clean the dishes. Maybe you want someone to do that for you. That's what racefortheprize.com is. I do it for you. Sometimes you go out to eat. Sometimes you order a pizza because you don't want to buy the pizza stuff and make the pizza stuff and then scrape the damn pan because the cheese is on the cooking sheet. Just throw it away. Starting out fun today, kids. Let's look at Coda. What are the pricings? Chase Elliott, top of the board. Makes sense. He won here last season. Probably shouldn't. I went back and watched the race. Yes, I can't believe I did it. I went back and watched the Coda race again. Wasn't that race just kind of a joke? It kind of was. There were some things to learn. You don't really need to do it because I did it for you. Did he win that race? Yes. Was he going to win that race if NASCAR doesn't call it? No. He was not going to win Coda. And that really changes your complexion of the 20. Like, we look back on 2021. Well, you know, Chase Elliott got a couple road course wins. Well, you could probably scratch Coda off. So he won at what? Road America? Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, that was it. He won at Road America. You can scratch that Coda win off. So he won one race last year. Not very good. Not very exciting. But I tried to tell you that all season last year on this podcast over and over and over. He's not that good, guys. It's not that great. He got hot at the end of 2020. That's not great. Anyway. He wasn't going to win that race. NASCAR calls it and gives him the win. Hmm. That's curious. Anyway, he gets the win. But regardless of all that, is he one of the top three road course racers? Yes. Was he in a position to win? Yes. Can you roster him this week? Absolutely. 10,500. We're going to get practice, which is exciting, which is awesome, which is cool, which is great, blah, 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 blah. But you're going to get a better idea of where these guys are running. That's neat. That's nice. And hopefully the weather is not as crazy. Now, as I was saying before, let me shrink myself here so you can see it. If you don't want to watch the race again, I don't suggest you need to. Then you can just go through the laps. You can kind of get an idea. I know it's really wonky. I would really suggest if you're going to look through the code of laps, get an idea of where a guy's running. Remember, uh, it wasn't so much. I mean, yes, it was heavy rain at times. That made it hard to see. But the really big problem was on the straight stretches, 
the standing water and the rooster tails of the water shooting up, which made it impossible to see, which caused the Christopher Bell wreck, which caused the the mayhem. Uh, I want to say maniacal, uh, maniacal mechanical. Uh, Cole Custer just bam bulldozing into Martin Trucks Jr. because he couldn't even see him, uh, and Martin Trucks Jr. couldn't see anything because Martin Trucks Jr. had just run in the front. He had just run into uh, uh, Michael McDowell, which is funny because it's not funny. Someone could have died. Truex's hood flies up. Like, oh, he can't see. He couldn't see already. You know, his hood's flying up and he can't see out the window. He couldn't see out the windshield anyway. And then he gets rear-ended from behind at like 200 miles per hour. Anyway, uh, the real problem was the standing water. So, yeah, looking at this date is probably not going to help you that much. But I think if you look at them all overall like i don't i can't look at all these different laps overall. well another thing that you can do and i've already showed this to you is just look at the real rating and this is going to basically synthesize all the laps that matter it's going to take all those laps instead of you looking and just following all right he's moving forward he's moving backwards well if you just break it all down synthesize it uh, then you can analyze it's like really this is just a synthesis okay this is just synthesizing this is not the highest level of bloom's taxonomy synthesizing we're taking information, we're gathering it, we're simplifying it, we're now got it in a way that we can analyze it, compare and contrast, and then maybe possibly make some predictions. So this is just synthesis. you got to do the analysis on your part. All right, Kyle Larson. I love Larson, 10,400 as well. Um, I like him better than Chase Elliott. I think he was a better driver at these road courses last season. He's just a better driver. Uh, Kyle Larson expected to win this race last season. Uh, but the race got cut short. If the race didn't get cut short, according to him, he was going to win the race. Kyle Busch also had a chance of winning this race. It could have come down the fuel mileage. Um, there was some pitting that had to happen at the end, but he was out front for most of stage three. Pit cycling happens. Did he have a chance at the end? Maybe. I don't know. He dominated the Xfinity race. I believe he's going to be in the truck race, probably going to crush in that this season. So he's going to get plenty of reps again. He's a good road course racer. He's a good road course racer all last season. Uh, I don't want, know. Now, this will go back to my famous cold take of all time at Sonoma, where I said, you can't roster Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. together. It mathematically cannot work. And then at Sonoma in 2018, Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick equally split the laps led and fast laps, and they both ended up in the off line. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you can't roster Larson, Bush, and Elliott, because you can. We have seen it happen before. Go back to the 2018, I got it in this spreadsheet, which you can get access to by going to racefortheprize.com uh, while I pull it up. And there it is. Please like the video. Like what other video is going to, what other fantasy NASCAR analyst is going to, and I'm not going to if the dumb spreadsheet doesn't load up correctly. Come on, spreadsheet. Come on. There it is. You know, what other fantasy NASCAR analyst is going to jive into the 2018 scenario? Now, Cruz might, but you know, we're a team, so that doesn't count. What about my competitors, my uh, antagonists, my uh, arch nemesis is my rivals. And I, you know, I say that in jest, but they really are. They're a competition, and I want to crush them. I want to squash them. And and one of the ways that you crush or squash a competition is you outwork them and do better than them. And who is going to show you the 2018 race? Who out there right now is going to make a video that explains, look, you can't tell people that they can't play Harvick and Bush. And, and if they are, they're ripping off my gig because I've been saying this for years. After I made that big mistake and I've owned that big mistake, I've constantly repeated this in podcast because I want to help you out. Who else is doing that? And if they are doing that, then they're just stealing my stuff. Let's do it. 
He was like, there's a bunch of people stealing my stuff right now. It is really painful to see my content and my hard work being shared without my permission on other discords. Please stop doing that. Now it's cool. It's promotion. When you say, Hey, look what Pierce said, look at Pierce's optimal. And you're sharing that on other discords because it makes me look pretty like smart. And it also tells me like, Oh, who's this Pierce guy? Because apparently a lot of people don't know who I am. So it's good promotion, but don't share my stuff without my permission. Maybe ask. I'm probably going to say no, but maybe ask if you're going to rip me off, right? I'm not rich, not famous. Um, you're stealing from a regular dude. You're stealing from a poor person. Like, would you break into a Section 8 apartment and steal from some single mother? Now, I'm not that poor, but I get it. Like, you're going to steal stuff from 21st Century Fox. You're going to steal stuff from ESPN, these major corporations that have billions of dollars or Microsoft, or whatever, I get it, but like, would you really rob your neighbor? That's what you're doing when you're ripping off my stuff and, and not paying for it or letting other people use it for free. I'm just a regular guy trying to make it. Stop stealing from me. 2018, Kevin Hart, Martin Tricks Jr. both end up in the Alpha line. They split it, so and they were both expensive. There's your example of, yeah, it is possible to play these guys at the top. It is absolutely possible. And it's worth considering because they're very good. And they all three exhibited that they can run at Coda. They all three exhibited that they can run well last year in the road courses, the, you know, the, the proliferation of road courses in the NASCAR Cup Series. And you can look, and again, you can go through all the laps. Don't mind that. You can look at their finishing positions, average running positions, or you can just simply look at their real rating. And that'll give you a good idea of, hey, those guys were pretty good. They were pretty good at Coda. All the boxes are checked. They can definitely make it work. We know that no one just goes out and leads a bunch of laps. Not with all the different shenanigans and cyclings through stages. just doesn't work that way anymore. Planning's fine. I'm not really crazy. These projections, I don't even know what these projections are from. Did I make these recently? Or are these just an artifact of a previous spreadsheet? I'll leave them for now. I'll make adjustments, but I don't mind what these say. If I see something peculiar, I would jump out and say, yeah. but I'm not crazy about Blaney. We all know that Blaney's one win was at the Rope. And it was because Truex and Jimmy Johnson wrecked each other in the last lap. But, look, he was running third. So, it's not like, oh, he shouldn't have won that race. Dude, he's in third place. Why shouldn't he have won that race? Yeah, he caught a break at the end. But he was running third. Third's pretty good last time I checked at a racetrack that no one had ever raced at before. I finished second last year at Indy. And he was a mess. You might want to go back and watch that one. That you remember the turtle shell? I mean, it was literally Mario turtle shells taking cars out. It was wild. <laughs> William Byron. I mean, that's just a chain of events. That one's a nutty race. So Ryan Blaney gets second. Kyle, Kyle Larson finishes third. He probably should have won. Denny Hamlin should have won that race. Anyway, that was a wild one. Hamlin's fine. He's in that group too. I like Hamlin probably a little bit better than Blaney. We've got to see what happens in practice. If one of these guys really separates himself in practice, then their ownership is probably going to increase in my book. You may want to leverage in a different direction. That's fine as well. It's not an easy track to pass at. There's not going to be a lot of uh, comers and goers. If you watch, I know last year it was in the rain, but you can watch the uh, Xfinity race if you want to watch a little bit more calm race on a dry surface, not affected by the rain. There's not a lot of movement. It's not easy to pass at this track, especially when they're just not very familiar with it. They're not really that great at road racing. As much as NASCAR wants you to believe that they're good at this, and that's kind of been the narrative and the storyline you've been fed. All these guys have gotten better. There's just not people punting these races anymore. It's not, you know, road ringers can't compete. Eh, look, if you put a road ringer in the Cup Series in elite equipment, they would compete. The road ringers are in garbage in all the series. I'm not buying that story. Old oh, road ringers can't compete because all these guys got good. 
No. Give a road ringer good equipment and they'll win the freaking race. AJ Allmendinger won the freaking race last season to Indianapolis. Well, a lot of things had to happen. Either way, is he a road ringer? Yeah. And he wasn't even in good equipment and he still was able to pull it off. So you're going to tell me that all these Cup Series drivers are really good all of a sudden? Yeah, but Rar, he's different. How is he different? He's a road ringer, isn't he? His equipment wasn't even that great. Yeah, but it was kind of random at the end. It was random at the end because they're not good road course racers. And NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR doesn't know how to set up a road course. There's a lot of problems that happen. And a lot of problems could happen. But I'm not buying the narrative that's been driven into you that these guys are all really good now. No, it's all relative. They're all comparable. And there's a couple of guys that are better. But I wouldn't say that any of these guys are really elite, except for maybe Kyle Larson, just because I think he could drive, you know, I mean, he could do the, uh, the he can make the Kessel run in five parsecs. Austin Cindric 9500, also in this category. Truex has fallen down. It's not like Truex has forgotten how to race. It's just that these guys have all kind of shown up on the scene. Since, you know, you go back to 2018, Truex was the lead dog. Hamlin's kind of revitalized his career. Ryan Blaney is now what, four years better. Bush has always been there. Larson, now in great equipment, he's risen up. Chase Elliott has come to life. So it's not like Truex got any worse. Again, it's all relative. And... Truex used to be good relative to the field. Truex is no longer the great, rel- great relative to the field. Now, he's great relative to most of the field, but all of the field, no, he's not. Now, if he shows up and is decent in practice, maybe you consider him. Uh, you, you scratch off last year's race. That's where he got, remember, just plowed by Custer. Cindric was competing that entire race. This is something that I will look at laps-wise. Again, be careful looking at these laps from 2021 because it was a rain race. But I want to point out that Cindric was running well before he has a spin in stage three. I don't know if he suffered something mechanical, but anyway, he gets a top five finish in each of these stages. He should have had top five finish, I believe. So there he is running in the top five for 15 of the 16 laps. We do a pit cycling. Again, in stage two, uh, we get some cautions, but he's in the top five for most of the race. He is second place, battling Kyle Busch for the lead. He falls back a little bit. He spins. I'm not sure if he has to pit for flat tires, and the cycling just doesn't work out for him. But did he run well? Yes. Uh, He struggles in the Xfinity Series, I believe, was the pit crew killed him going into Stage 3, buried him in traffic, a really bad pit stop, and he was never able to recover after that moment. We know he's a good road course racer. Uh, We saw him at Road America be the fastest, and his car just suffers a mechanical Failure. We can pull that up as well. That's all to say that I think 9,500 might be a little too cheap for Austin Cindric, and he may not necessarily have to lead a bunch of laps for it to work at his price. So here is Cindric running in the top five. There he is running in second place. Suffers a mechanical failure here in the middle of stage two for the people listening to the audio version. And that's all she wrote. But he was a top two car there and was very fast at Road America. Pretty sure he's going to be pretty good. I don't know if you have to get him, but I think if people are not going to want to roster Elliott and Larson, the easier pivot's going to be I'll take Elliott and Cindric or Larson and Cindric. William Byron should be in that conversation as well. William Byron thinks that he had a race winning car last season. He was running in the top five, uh, but Matt Benedetto runs into him and suffers damage and is never able to recover. He has to pit early in stage one, which he didn't want to do. He is fast. He's been one of the highest road course racers in the series. I think he almost won. No, he disappointed at Daytona. I thought he was going to be better. Uh, but, look, I mean, those are very solid numbers to end of the season. William Byron, 
He's never put it all together. We've been saying this for years. He's been fast at these road courses. I mean, you go back to that 2019 Sonoma race. Was it 2019 with Chad Canales with the stupidest strategy we've ever seen? Go ahead and pull that up, right? Who else is going to go over the 2019 Sonoma race with you? Was it or was it 2019? What we'll pull it up. There it is. William Byron ends up finishing uh, 19th, which is terrible, but he wins both stages because instead of pit cycling early at the end of the stage like everybody else, he just takes the 10 points. So at the end of the day, William Byron, in NASCAR's eyes, it has the second highest score. You can see that in his average running position of 11th. But in stage three, he starts in traffic. He's buried in traffic, can't do anything, and gets a poor end finish, but was really fast. Four fast laps, 5.25 laps led. He's looked pretty good. I think he got into an issue at Watkins Glen later on that season. Good road course racing. Uh, he just needs to catch the brakes. And it looks like, I mean, you just look at the data here. 97 at Road America, which was a pretty green race. You like to see that. Green race, not a lot of goofy stuff going on going out there and just scoring high points, high marks. At the Roval, has a perfect score for me. I got to look at this Roval laps. I, I, I am blanking on what happened in the 2021 Roval. Are you? I am. What happened in that race? Kyle Larson wins. Where is Byron? Byron finishes in 11th, but he led more laps than anybody. Scored a bunch of fast laps. His average running position was the best. The quickest, easiest way without having to go back and watch a race is simply just to look at lap-by-lap data. That's what it's here for. It's very helpful. Race for the prize. If you ever have a question, let's see, do it. Racefortheprize.com. So is this Robo 21? All right. So basically from stage two to the end of the race, man, he's running in first place towards the end. Just a ton of first place laps. And I don't know what happens here on lap 107. I'll have to look. I imagine he got into a bit of an issue. Maybe I've got that in the notes. Probably have got that in the optimal lineup notes. We'll pull that up. I don't think it's completely necessary to do this. But hey, thanks for joining me. Like, subscribe, share the video. And showing you all the little tricks here. There it is. 24 gets off the track. From third and turn five. So in lap 108, William Byron spun off the track, drops from 11th to third. Yikes. One bad lap. One bad turn. Not even a bad lap. One bad turn is all it takes. Boy, DFS NASCAR is a fickle beast. Wicked woman she is. And so that's how uh, looking at finishing position can be absolutely misleading. And you got to look at all the data. So you look at the spreadsheet. That's why you got to follow the Fantasy NASCAR podcast. Thank you very much. Please support the podcast. <clears throat> okay, where were we? I like that price. Joe Logano. I wrote in my fantasy rankings article, which you'll see later on when I get that published today, that his finishes almost look like plate races, the way that he's got all these top tens and then all these bad finishes. I don't know. Uh, Bell, former winner. These guys I probably don't know if I can get to. We'll see how they go in practice, see where they start. Uh, we know that Bell's got Xfinity win road course. We know he's got the Cup Series win at Daytona road course. Briscoe's been a really good road course driver. I don't know if I want to spend that price on him. I don't know if I want to spend that price on Christopher Bell. At this price, really need you to win, which I don't know if you're going to beat these guys. And Christopher Bell at this price and Chase Briscoe at this price, I need you to lead laps maybe. And I don't know if you're going to do that over these guys. So I don't think I can get there unless for whatever reason you just mess up qualifying. It's going to be hard. Their talent and their cars probably deserve the price. But in relation to these guys, I just don't know if I can go there. AJ, probably not going to have lightning strike twice. 
I think these other races where he finishes fifth and seventh, definitely doable. But at 8,800, probably nothing I can go towards. Bowman, probably priced up too much. He has some pretty strong finishes. We know that he kind of has an unconventional strategy at these road courses. But at that price, I probably want a little bit more talent. Tyler Reddick has gotten better at road coursing. And he kind of dedicated himself in the... Uh, one of the things between 2020 and 2021, he like he did not like having the weaknesses that he had and realized like if he's going to be a serious racer and a serious contender, especially in NASCAR, modern NASCAR, with the proliferation of road courses, he had to get better at road course racing. And so he dedicated himself in the 2020-2021 offseason to road course racing. And he saw that. He qualified on the pole at Coda, ended up finishing ninth, second place finish here at the Roval, 10th place at Watkins Glen. You've seen growth. You've seen development. We see this with drivers. Chase Elliott got better. Ryan Blaney got better. Kyle Larson got better. Good drivers figure out road course racing. It's just the way it is. If you are a good dirt track racer, you're a good racer. I mean, look, Chase Briscoe, also good racer. Guys that haven't just ran basic asphalt, had the best equipment their entire life, they don't necessarily develop the way that these road course drivers, road course or more so dirt track guys seem to develop. They just have more talent. And eventually, you're going to figure it out. And we're seeing Reddick figure it out. Did Reddick struggle in the Xfinity Series? Yeah, but they were rarely racing at those races. And those road courses weren't really that important towards the championship. So he just went out there and went Leroy Jenkins half the time. And then he realized that, hey, I got to get better at this. And guess what? He got better at it. Um, Maybe I can go there. Ross Chastain has also improved greatly this Former Chip Ganassi team, which is still basically the same team for Trackhouse, had good high horsepower, low downforce cars last season, and he ran well at the road courses. So, yeah, Ross Chastain is a guy that I am thinking about, and I imagine he's probably going to end up being popular by the time the week ends. Uh, Harvick is really cheap for a road course. Used to be really good at these road courses. Uh, it's fallen off. Again, it's kind of that Truex effect. Look, Truex, it's all relative. He's not as good as he once was in relation to the other drivers. But Truex still has the best equipment. Harvick, uh, not as good as in relation to the drivers, and he probably doesn't have the best equipment. So I don't know. We'll think about that. Kurt Busch at 7,800. That's pretty cheap. I want to see what he does in practice. He is a quality road course driver. If he has a quality car, then I definitely could go to him at the price. Yeah, I wish he was in a little bit better equipment. But I don't know how much worse this equipment was than last season for Chip Ganassi, and he was fine. What was his real rating in that Chip Ganassi equipment, which really wasn't that great, right? We, we dog on Chip Ganassi cars all the time when we talk about Kyle Larson, possibly even with Gene uh, McMurray. Those are very solid races. His equipment, maybe it's not quite as good with 23-11, but I don't think it's going to be that much of a downgrade. Kurt Busch at 700, very intriguing. Very interested in that. Greg Kozlowski's a, a no for me dog. Kozlowski, uh, Eric Jones. We'll see. Uh, I think immediate response price probably too high. Chris Buescher immediate response maybe too high, but I could possibly get some leverage. We know that he knows how to get through these races. We know he can hold on to position. Is he the best road course racer? No. Is he good enough? Yes. Can he play the stages and then hold on to a top ten? Absolutely. We've seen him do it before. Might be a little bit too expensive to play that game. Suarez, all over the place, don't trust him. Austin Dillon, too expensive for a road course, never been good. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., also probably just a little too pricey. Has he gotten a little bit better at road courses? Yes. Could he fluke his way into a top 10? 
maybe 10th place. That's really stretching it, and the price is just too high. Just nearly. Price is too high for that equipment. Um, not the greatest road course racer. He was okay in the Xfinity Series. Around 5th to 10th, but that's where he always was. There's some times where he's like, oh, he was up there dicing it up with guys, but that was usually because guys were just wrecking each other, and he was advancing through attrition. Not a great road course racer. Just isn't. Eric Almirola, 6,600, has not been a good road course racer. It's appealing. Eric Almirola for 6,600 in a Stuart Haas car. Maybe. Possibly. But he hasn't been that great. Bob Walls hasn't been good. But he's going to get Xfinity laps. Let's see. Xfinity practice. Xfinity race. Cup practice. Cup race. But he just makes too many mistakes at road courses. You cannot have that. Now, with the stages, with cautions, you can bounce back from a mistake. But a lot of his mistakes have been terminal. Would not completely write him off. Let's see how practice goes. But even if he's fast in practice, even if he's fast in Xfinity race, which he should be, he's in the JGR car. But still, you're going to be haunted by the specter of, what if he makes a mistake? And that's not going to go away. Guess what? He made a mistake yesterday, last season. He was the first to DNF at Coda last season. Michael McDowell, 6,200 is too cheap. I don't know what will happen. We've seen this before. Run this on repeat. Michael McDowell... Does he have a road racing background? Yeah, he taught kids how to run go-karts. Well, whatever. Close enough. You'll hear people talk about, oh, he's a road course driver. He was a road course instructor. He's a road course instructor in go-karts. Like, I get it. Go-karts are a big deal. And you look at all the F1 drivers. They all get started in go-karts. But it's still a go-kart. We're not, like, when we look at F1... Okay, and we're looking at like an F1 driver. You wouldn't say, oh, yeah, this F1 driver, uh, you know, Esteban Ocon, he's got a chance today because he used to teach kids how to drive go-karts. <laughs> no, so, hey, Lewis Hamilton. I really like Lewis Hamilton. Today. Well, Lewis Hamilton would be a bad example because he's one of the top tier. Uh, Nicholas Latifi. Well, you know, you know, he's underpriced because he used to teach kids how to run go-karts. No one would say that. Now, look what if I say this. Nicholas Latifi. He is a road course instructor. He teaches people how to drive road courses. See how misleading that is when people say that? Now, I'll own it because I did that in an article like four or five years ago. But that was because I didn't know the specifics of, no, he's teaching kids how to run go-karts. Now today, everyone knows it's go-karts. And yet you still see people repeating the line, and even the media, whatever. But like you shouldn't see content analysts say NASCAR people going, DFS NASCAR people saying, yeah, you used to be a, a road course instructor. They're lying to you. They're misleading you. They're either ignorant, so you shouldn't be listening to them, or they're intentionally deceiving you, so you shouldn't be following. There's just no excuse at this point. So it's one or the other. If they're telling you that he is a road course instructor, they're ignorant. Don't listen to them. Or they're intentionally deceiving you or lying to you, so you shouldn't listen to them. I I don't understand. Maybe there's another way. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm open to that. Remember, always doubt everything that I say. Please be critical of the things that I say. I'm critical of everyone else. You know, that's just my way of thinking. I'm a heretic. Uh, nullius in verbum. Take no one's word for it. That's the motto of the Royal Society, the fathers of the Enlightenment, the fathers of the Scientific Revolution. I think those are the guys that you probably should follow. You should follow their game plan. That's the game plan I follow. I suggest that you do it. Now, don't do it too much because it'll lead to a miserable life if you don't know how to balance that out. Because if you doubt and criticize everything and everyone, it could lead to some bad relationships. So you guys I know how to work with that. So maybe just don't do it at all. But hey, at least for a moment, always think like maybe Pierce doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. And maybe I'm wrong in this situation of like, there's only two scenarios, either they're lying to you or they're dumb. But I don't know. I don't know what else it is. If they're still uh, promulgating that idea that 
McDowell is a road course instructor. He taught kids how to drive go-karts. Now, is he a good road course driver? In relation to half the field, he's better than half the field. 6,200 is too cheap. 6,000 for Cole Custer. He's getting double duty. I like that. Kaz Grala, I don't think the TMT car can make it. We'll see what happens. Not the Harrison Burton. Todd Gilliland, as I say in my article, and I hope we get this thing going. Here it is. Todd Gilliland. Instead of saying punts, we might just start saying Todds. <laughs> he's the Todd. Let's just think about it. Instead of saying punts, we say Todd's. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Instead of punts, Todd's. He's, uh, it's going to work for a little while. It's like, I get this going now before they price him up and it stops working. But he's getting top 25s every week. He's under $6,000 every single week. And oh, by the way, this is the week of all the weeks to make sure that we change the word punt to Todd. He won a Coda in the truck race last season. Shaking you. I'm shaking you. I'm shaking you. Smack, 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 smack. Wake up, shake up, shake, 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 shake. He won the Circuit of the Americas truck race last season. Todd freaking Gillen. He's only 5,600. Wait a second. I can play Todd Gillen. I can play Cole Custer. Or I can play Todd Gillen and Michael McDowell. And I can jam guys at the top. We done. Thank you for giving me the picks. Just give us the damn picks. There it is. Todd Gillen, Michael McDowell. And then you just build the guys at the top. What are you going to hear? All week. You're going to hear that in every other video this week. Every other video is going to repeat this line. And they're probably going to come to that analysis on their own. They're not going to steal that idea from me. You you probably have already come to that conclusion. I'm not going to take credit for that one. Come on, get off. Come on, stop being such an arrogant idiot, right? I don't have to be that guy, and I'm not going to be that guy. Gillen McDowell, research over. Thank you for joining me on the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast. Subscribe on the podcast platforms. Subscribe on YouTube. Leave a comment if you appreciate this podcast. It's the very least that you can do. Praise. Hit the like button. You guys are doing a really good job at the like button. You know what you're not doing a good job at? The F1 videos are crushing the NASCAR videos. Come on, NASCAR guys. Come on, NASCAR guys. We've been doing these NASCAR videos forever. And the F1 videos, week one, smashed the NASCAR videos. The F1 content at DraftKings Nation smashed the NASCAR content. Come on, America. The world, which likes F1, which is viewing the webpage, which is viewing the videos, is making you look back. Step your game up. The least you can do is subscribe, like, share. Share, share, share. Retweets, retweets. And if you're feeling really good about yourself, if you're really happy, go to raceforthepride.com. All my stuff's there. My weird blog that 5%, maybe 2% of you will enjoy. You're not going to know until you click on it. And then you're going to know. Go to raceforthepride.com. Everything is there. Get access to this sheet. Support me. Support Cruz. And you get that by going to patreon.com slash DFS. And that's how you can contribute. You don't have to do it. No commitments. Maybe say it's not worth it. Do it once and see if you like it. See if I'm helping you. Anybody can make a cheeseburger. But do you want to do all that work every single time? I'm telling you, it's a lot of work to get all this information to you. Ask other people that use this spreadsheet. Ask the other people that subscribed. And if you don't like it, just cancel. But I'm telling you, I'm going to save a ton of your time, and I'm going to allow you to really get into fantasy NASCAR so it's not a hassle. I'm going to take all the burden and allow you just to have fun and enjoy the races. And you can do that by going to racefortheprize.com, clicking on the red button, or going to patreon.com slash DFS and supporting the work 
that I'm doing, supporting the work that Brandon Cruz is doing. Thank you for joining me. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy racing analyst. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Trip the light, let's trip the lights. Fantastic. Have fun watching Saudi Arabia, Jenna Street Circuit, and have fun watching Circuit of the Americas Coda this weekend. Tons of content, tons of road racing. Let's get it going. I will see you. Check out Brandon Cruz's page. I'm sure he'll get an Xfinity video for you. Support him. Support Patreon. I'm sure he'll get a Truck Series video coming at you. Embrace the content. Love the content. Support the content. Let's trip the lights. Fantastic.